Good morning. In the ancient world, 95% of the people were illiterate, which means, of course, that if you couldn't read, you couldn't know the scriptures. But in the ancient worship practice, what took place is people actually memorized the word and delivered it to the people. So in an ancient service, whether it be in the catacombs in Rome or in a living room in Galilee, the word of God was declared and the people experienced it in their hearing. This morning, our prayer is that we would replicate an early church service. An early church service where the word is not read from a text, instead, it is embodied in the speaker and then regenerated, reincarnated in your hearing. You may not be aware, but in the ancient world, on Easter Sunday, where we are moving to this week, Easter Sunday is when baptismal candidates were baptized. And they had spent as many as two years preparing for that event. So second year Praxis students, Imagine two years used to learn what it's like to be a follower of Christ Jesus, to dedicate your life in preparation for baptism and then sharing in the first communion. So this morning, what I pray is that you would go back to the first century. Imagine these words that are being read over you, Mark 14, 15, and 16 is preparing you for your baptismal commitment. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. And it was two days before the Passover and the Feast of the Unleavened Bread. And the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking to arrest Jesus and to kill him by deceit. But they said to one another, this can't be during the Passover celebration. Otherwise, the people may riot. While he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came in carrying an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made out of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume out on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you, you want. But you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured this perfume out on my body to prepare me for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her.
And then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests, determined to hand Jesus over to them. And when the chief priests heard Judas, they were glad, and they promised to pay him well. And Judas sought for an opportune moment to hand Jesus over to them. On the first day of the festival of the unleavened bread, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, where do you want us to go and make preparations for you to eat the Passover meal? So he sent two of his disciples telling them, go into the city. A man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Say to the owner of the house he enters, the teacher asks, where do you want us to go? And sorry, the teacher asks, where should I eat the Passover meal with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. So the disciples left, they went into the city, and they found things. Just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover meal there. When it was evening, he came with the twelve. And when they had taken their seats and were eating, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be distressed and say one after the other, Surely not I. Then Jesus said, It is one of the twelve one who is dipping bread into the bowl with me. For the Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that one by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that one not to have been born. While they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to them. He said, take, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, and all of them drank from it. He said, this is the blood of my covenant, poured out for many. Truly I tell you, I will never again drink from the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. You will all fall away, Jesus told them. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter declared, even if all fall away, I will not. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me. You will disown me three times. 
But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never, I will never disown you. And all the rest said the same. They went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took with him Peter, James, and John. And he said to them, I am deeply grieved, even to death. And going a little farther, he threw himself on the ground. And he begged God that this hour be taken from him. And he said, Abba, Father, for you all things are possible. Take this cup from me. It not what I want, but what you want. He came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? And he said, Peter, could you not keep awake one hour? Keep awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And once more he came back and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy and they did not know what to say to him. He came a third time and said to them, are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man has betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Immediately, while he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. And with him was a crowd with swords and clubs, from the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders. Now, the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. So when he came, he went up to him at once and said, Rabbi, and kissed him. Then one of those who was with them took his sword and struck the slave of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Then Jesus said to them, Have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me as though I were a bandit? Day after day I was with you in the temple teaching, and you did not arrest me. But let the scriptures be fulfilled. All of them deserted him and fled. A certain man who was with them was wearing nothing but a linen cloth. They took hold of him, but he left the linen cloth and ran off naked.
and they led Jesus to the high priest. And the chief priest and the elders and the scribes were assembled together. But Peter followed them at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter was sitting with the guards, warming himself by the fire. And the chief priests and the elders came together to hold a council meeting. They were seeking testimony against Jesus in order to put him to death, but they found none. Many were testifying falsely against him, but their testimonies did not agree. Some rose and said, we ourselves heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with hands and after three days build another not made with hands. But even on this point, their testimony did not agree. The high priest rising to the center said, what are all these testimonies about? Do you have nothing to say? And Jesus was silent and did not say anything. And the high priest asked him again, are you the Christ, the son of the blessed one? And he said, I am. And you will see the son of man seated at the right hand of power, coming with the clouds of heaven. At this, the high priest tore his garments and said, why do we still need these witnesses? You have heard the blasphemy. What is your decision? And they all condemned him as deserving death. And then they began to spit on him and to cover his face and to strike his head and say, now prophesy. And the guards began to beat him. Early in the morning, the chief priests held a council meeting with the whole ruling party. Afterwards, they bound Jesus took him away and handed him over to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, so, are you king of the Jews? And Jesus said, you have said so. The chief priest continued to accuse him of many things. And Pilate asked him, have you nothing to answer? What are these charges these men bring against you? But Jesus was silent and no longer answered anything at all. And this gave Pilate reason to wonder. During the Passover festival, it was Pilate's custom to release to the Jews one prisoner whom they requested. And among the rebels in prison who had committed murder during a recent insurrection was a man named Barabbas. And the Jews came to Pilate to ask for him to do for them as they customarily did. And Pilate asked them, so do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? For he knew it was out of envy that the chief priests had handed him over. The chief priest continued to stir up the people to have them ask for him to release Barabbas instead. And so Pilate said, what do you want me to do with the one you call the king of the Jews? And the people cried out, 
crucify him. Why? Pilate said. What evil has he done? And the people cried out even louder, crucify him. And so, wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released to them Barabbas. And after having Jesus whipped, handed him over to be crucified. The soldiers led him into the praetorium, which is in the courtyard, and they called together the whole company of soldiers. And they stripped him of his clothes and clothed him in a purple cloak. And weaving thorn branches into a crown, they set it on his head. And they mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews! And they struck his head with a reed staff, and they spit on him, and they knelt down in homage to him. And after they had finished mocking him, they stripped him of the purple cloak, put his clothes back on him, and led him out to be crucified. There was a certain man, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in for the countryside. He was the father of Alexander and Rufus, and the soldiers compelled him to carry the cross of Jesus. And they brought him to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. And they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him. And they divided up their clothes by casting lots for them to see who takes what. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. And with him, they crucified two others, one on his right and one on his left. And the inscription of the charges against him read, The King of the Jews. Some of those who were passing by were blaspheming him and wagging their heads saying, Ha! You who said you would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law were mocking him to one another as they said, He could save others? He can't even save himself. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross. Then we will see, and then we will believe. And even those being crucified with him were mocking him. At noon, darkness came upon the whole land for three hours. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi! Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is Aramaic for my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of those who were standing nearby heard it and said, he's calling for Elijah. So someone runs and fills a sponge with cheap wine, puts it on a reed staff and offers him a drink. And Jesus cried out in a loud voice, 
and died. And the curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the centurion, who stood in front of him and saw how he died, said, surely this man was the Son of God. There were women looking on at a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the Younger and Joseph and Salome. They had been following him and serving him while he was in Galilee. And there were other women that had come up with him to Jerusalem. When evening had come, since it was the day of preparation, that is the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the ruling council, and he himself was looking for the kingdom of God, took courage, went to Pilate, and asked for the body of Jesus. Now Pilate wondered, if Jesus had died. And so summoning the centurion, he asked if Jesus was indeed dead. And when Pilate learned from the centurion that Jesus had died, he granted the body to Joseph. And buying a linen burial cloth, he took the body down, wrapped it in the cloth, and laid it in the tomb that had been carved out of rock. And he rolled a stone against the door of the tomb. And Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joses, saw where Jesus was laid. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus' body. Very early, the first day of the week, just after the sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who do you think is going to roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe standing on the right side, and they were alarmed. Do not be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He is risen. He's not here. See where they've laid him. But go. Tell his disciples and Peter. 
He is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he said. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. <laughs> 